Man, I'm happy to be here with everyone, and uh, I know, like, as the weather starts changing, a lot of times it gets easier to stay at home, and I just appreciate you so much coming out tonight, because we know that when we come out together and we fellowship with one another, there's always something good that happens, amen? And I know that God has a plan for tonight. I don't know exactly what he has in store for each and every one of us individually, but I know one thing, as a community... This month, what we're talking about is love. And I mean, maybe no other month could better fit this topic. Where we remember that Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, left heaven, left the throne to come down to be with us. Because he's passionate for us. You've heard me say this probably a thousand times now. You know, the the scripture has so many different names for God. But my favorite is Emmanuel. God with us. I'm with you. Because there's nothing more comforting than to be surrounded in the presence of God. When you're alone and you're afraid, you don't want your parents to be way over there. You want them to be close. (laughs) I was working this Toby Mac concert last night, and I got home and I had my two nieces there. I didn't know that they were coming to spend the night at our house. My wife was taking care of them, and they were trying to stay up late to wait for me. And when, they got, when I got home, they were not very happy that I got home so late. And they were exhausted, needless to say. And the one, uh, my one niece, who's about five years old, she had a hard time falling asleep because she kept getting afraid. I guess, you know, a new place, new space, she's laying in this bed, and she just keeps getting scared. So every now and then, I'd be, I'd be downstairs, and I'd hear little footsteps upstairs. And I don't know if this is like a foretaste of things to come with, you know, Sam and I are blessed with children. But I, I, I always thought that our kids would just sleep perfectly through the night without any noise whatsoever. You know, as soon as we want them to go to bed, they'll be in bed. Dream on. I knew something was coming. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, I was just literally, I was exhausted. Work the whole day was long. You know, I got home. I was just sitting there on the couch and just these little footsteps. Uncle Pete, Uncle Pete, you know, go up there. She's scared. And just tell her, you know, it's, it's okay. This is Uncle Pete's house. There's nothing to be afraid of here, you know, except my crazy dogs who, who will get you if you don't go to sleep now. It's like, I didn't say that. But, you know, just to be there with them and to encourage them, let them know, hey, I'm with you. You see where I'm going? God is with us. When we call to him, he's already there. You know what I mean? I mean, I had to actually walk up the steps to go and be with my little niece. But God doesn't have to do that. He's here. And his love endures forever. And I want to talk tonight about just three simple points. Accepting God's love, giving God's love, and living God's love. Pretty easy. I'm passionate about the love of God. And there's a reason. When I was saved, I mean, I wasn't born or raised in this Christian faith. I had parents that went to church at Christmas and Easter, and that was just about it. Maybe some of you guys can relate to that. I see people who were born and raised in this thing, and sometimes I just, there's still some things I don't understand. And there's still a part of me like, these people are crazy. But when I was saved... It was in such a unique way. And it's a long testimony, and I won't, I won't share it now, but some of you guys know this. You know they say that God works in mysterious ways, right? You've heard that phrase before. Well, I believe that firsthand because I got saved smoking crack in Langley Park. I'm not saying go out and do that. <laughs> 
But I'm saying that's what happened to me. And when I got saved, I've always, since, since that, since that was my first encounter with God, my whole thing with him has been, this God is really full of love. So I don't know if I'm going to step on any toes, but it really makes me upset when I see people bearing the name of Christ and acting completely out of love. I get so mad at myself when I say Pastor Pete, Chaplain Pete, whatever you want to call me, and I act out of love. I get mad at myself when I'm driving and someone cuts me off and I'm like, ah, you know, and I'm angry and honking the horn for no reason when I could just calm down. Do you get mad at yourself when you do that? Because you know that fundamentally there's something off if we're calling ourselves Christians, but we're not loving people. And that's all I want to talk about tonight. Love, God's love for you that it's given so freely, and then what we were asked to do with it. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you. We love you because you first loved us. Have your own way here tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. And exactly that. We love because he first loved us. God's grace and God's power was a gift that was given to us. A few weeks ago, I went up to the Blue Ridge Mountains in Virginia, and I was speaking at a youth retreat uh, with about like 300 kids. And now this was a Hispanic youth retreat. And many of you guys may not know this, but I don't speak a word of Spanish. I'm Mexican, but I don't speak Spanish. And, uh, and I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and talk, blah, 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 and I'm like, smiling and nod. I have no idea what you're saying, except for hola and como estas. That's about it. So I, <laughs> I'm just joking. I mean, I know a little bit, you know, but like when, when, once it starts going, I'm just like, gotcha. So pastor calls me up and says, uh, hey, Pastor Pete, can you come and speak for this youth retreat? Uh, we really like the way that you communicate to the kids. I mean, I was a youth pastor for a while, and I was like, okay, but you know, I, I don't speak a word of Spanish. No, that's fine. That's fine. So that was cool. You know, I got up there, and of course, that was the first thing I told them. And then for the rest of the trip, they talked to me in Spanish, and they were just laughing at me. Like 300 kids, ha, <laughs> ha. Like, I don't see the humor in it, but anyway, I felt a little dumb. I was talking about love because here you are with high school kids, and when you're with high school kids, what's the thing that's always on high school kids' mind? Girls, if you're a boy, and boys, if you're girls. I mean, these kids are, like, all about relationships, and I'm talking to these kids, and we started talking about, um, you know, some of you guys came on this retreat just because there's somebody that you like, and you want to try to talk to them. And I was reminded of here, this place where I went to school. John, we were in the same class, man. I would come here to chapels. I would sit like right where you're sitting, dude. And I'd sit there. The pastor would be up there preaching. And I'm sitting down. And I'm acting like I'm listening. But what I'm really focusing on is her over there. You know what I mean? You know, and I was thinking the way that most relationships usually start I'm not trying to ruin anyone's, you know, dream about love at first sight. We looked at each other's eyes and, I love you, you love me, let's get married, have kids. You know, that, I guess that happens sometimes. Everyone's going to say that that happens, but the truth is, she probably didn't love you, dude, you know. She probably thought, what is he looking at, you know. But when they talk about love at first sight, that's a nice concept. But typically what happens is, she's like, you know, let's just break it down. I see a girl that I like, and I want to start talking to her. You guys remember this? You see her, and you're just like, man, wow, she's cool. She's cute. And then you start doing stupid things to try to impress her. You know, you walk by her and, you know, maybe put a little bit of extra cologne on. Hey, you know? 
you, 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 you all of a sudden become such a great listener. I just want to listen to what you have to say. I, just, I totally believe in you. I totally believe in you. You know? And, 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 you know, usually there's this, I like you. I like you, okay? This is where we're starting at. I like you, and I'm trying to get you to like me back. Tell the truth, guys. Is that, is that the truth a lot of times? No one? No one's with me? Thank you. Thank you for riding with me. You, you, it's usually the guys pursuing the girls, and, and you're trying to convince them, like, hey, I like you, and I think that you could like me too, you know? And you do all these dumb things, and you start talking on the phone for no reason, like, hey, you know, I just wanted to see how you were doing. I just saw you, like, a few hours ago, but just wanted to talk to you again. And then you talk on the internet and you do all these different things. And you, what you're trying to do is convince someone to start liking you back. And then if you're lucky, and these kids were just like, oh my gosh, this guy's calling us out. Because there was like, literally, there were like two kids that came up to me like, Pastor, the only reason I'm here is because that girl is here. And, you know, but it was good that he came. And, um, and, so, and so usually what happens is then after a while, if, you know, you're lucky, the your other person will respond, you know what? I see that you like me. And I like you too. Let's become boyfriend and girlfriend. The biggest thing in, in a high schooler's life. That's my girlfriend. And Pastor Terry remembers when I was young, I was like, I'm in love, Pastor Terry. I'm going to marry this person. I'm like 15 years old. You know, <laughs> talking about I'm in love at 13. Kids are 12 years old, engaged. It's ridiculous. You know what I mean? And But usually what will happen is you'll start liking them, and they like each other, and now you're like boyfriend and girlfriend. And um, that'll go on for some time. And then what will happen is someone will say a word that can, like, drastically change your whole life. It goes on from, hey, I like you, I like you, I like you, to they drop this big word. You know what it is? You know what? We've been dating for two weeks. And I think I'm in love with you. You remember that? You remember the first time someone told you that they loved you? How you were like blown away? Do you remember the first time you told someone that you loved them? How you were scared? Because you were like, what if they don't say it back? And some of you guys, they didn't say it back. You know what I'm talking about? I love you. And she's like, you know, just like leaves. I'm just saying, typically, if we're honest with each other, that's something that happens a lot of the times, right? When we were younger, there's like, there is a, uh, you know, someone who is persistent and trying to convince you, I'm good for you. I, I could be there for you. I, I could love you. And then, you know, as you get older, it starts getting a lot more serious. And I'm here for you. You know, I really love you. There's usually a chaser. And what I think, and what I'm reminded when I read the scriptures is that God, if we were to put it in that context, God is the one chasing us. The ironic thing is it should totally be the opposite. But it, the scripture is clear. We love because he first loved us. It was God that was chasing after you. You know, it was God who was calling you, who was like, oh my goodness, I just can't get enough of this person. They're so cool. You know, do you realize that you have a God in heaven who thinks you are just worth it all? You're, the, you're his favorite creation. He looked at you and says, my goodness, it doesn't get any better than Myrna. It doesn't get any better than John. All I want to do is be with you. All I want to do is, because I, I love you. 
And Jackie talked about last week, you know, these different kinds of love. But this love that God has is this passionate, persistent love that doesn't quit when it gets hard. You know, it's this love that never fails. And so, like I said, most of the time, there's a person chasing another, and that is God. And what God says in John 15, 13 is, there is no greater love than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. There is no greater love than this than to give it all. I was at a funeral this morning for a neighbor of mine who I've known all of my life. I mean, it's, it's really just kind of mind-blowing that she's gone, and um, she was so involved in her church. And as the pastor was pre- uh, preaching this morning, he said this, and it kind of rocked my world. He said, the older I get, the more I realize that love is a choice. Love is a choice. Because what happens most of the time, once you start saying, I'm in love, when things start getting difficult, you have a choice to make. Because it's always great at the beginning, right? Let's be honest. It's always great. It's fun. I don't know anything about you. You don't know anything about me. And we're just, just so fascinated with each other. But then once you hit that first speed bump, whoa, whoa, wait a second. I thought I loved you, but you aren't nice, you know? Jesus says there's no greater love than this. Than the love that I have for you, there is no other love like this. This is the max. This is it. I love you completely. Real love sticks around when it gets really ugly. Real love sticks around when it gets really difficult. But I know that I don't need to tell some of you this, that there is nothing more beautiful than real love. Amen? And what we need to know tonight is that for some of us, we've gotten ugly with God. Don't worry, I'm not pointing fingers. I said us. We've gotten ugly with God. We've been unfaithful. But you know what I love about God is that it says this, his love endures forever and forever didn't stop when you made that mistake. Forever didn't stop when you turned away. Forever is forever. He's passionate for us. He's persistent for us because his love endures forever. So the first thing when it comes to God's love for you and me is we have to accept the fact that he loves us and it doesn't get any better than God. It doesn't get any better in God. Imagine when you were in high school and you had your big crush on the coolest person in the school. You know, if you could get her or if you could get him, that was like the max. God is better than that. And he is crazy about you. They always make these little cheesy movies where there's like, you know, there's the most popular girl and she's going to turn the guy who's like the loser in school. I'm going to make him popular. You know, you've seen stuff like that. That kind of thing. God took us in our brokenness, in our ugliness, in our, in our weakness, and he pulled us out and made us his love. And it doesn't stop there. After we have accepted this love, we have to give God's love. I want to read to you something from the book of John chapter 13, starting in verse 12. Just to give you some context, what's actually happening here is Jesus is with his disciples and he's about to be crucified. And before he does this, he washes their feet. They have this time together where, and you've heard this a thousand times, they they break bread and, and they drink and they... Jesus actually washes his, the disciples' feet. 
And it says this starting in verse 12. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And he says this, do you understand? This is Jesus speaking. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly I say to you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is the messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This passage is power packed with so much information, but I just want to just focus on this thing. You have the God of all creation. We're reminded of the, of the story of how he came down and laid in the manger with all the stinky animals. And that's how the, the savior of the world enters into this story with us. And almost just as bad as he's leaving, what do we see? We see the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, down on his knees with a shirt off, washing some stanky, stinky, smelly, dusty, dirty feet. That's what he's doing. These people were walking around in sandals with all kinds of stuff. Their feet were not probably the prettiest. And you have the king of kings humbled, wiping them, cleaning them with love and compassion. And it's for a purpose to show God's love for us, but to also say, this is how you need to act. And family, I just want to say this. We have to remember this message when we leave these doors here tonight. That God has actually set an example for us. God humbled himself even to the point of the cross he expects us to do the same the least that we can do is love our brother and our sister we can start small maybe someone came in here tonight with a bitter bitter grudge that they hold towards someone maybe someone came in here tonight and they have a total misconception of of a certain type of people of a race of any kind of orientation and you're just you're angry you're all this well let me remind you this that jesus says that they'll know who we are by our love and if i do not love i'm nothing in John thirteen thirty four, he says this, A new commandment I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. It's all about love. It's all about love. I can't tell you that enough. If we come in here and we sing all these songs and we're lacking love, then we're missing the whole point. Because we're called to live God's love. 1 Corinthians 13, starting at verse 13, says this. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I do not love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Let's put that in context. No matter how much you know or how much you actually think you know, if you're pointing the finger at everybody and there's no love here, then you are just a nasty, resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I start smacking this thing, it'll wake everybody up. 
and it's not going to be pretty. And that's what the scripture, this is what you sound like with all of your information and with all of our knowledge. When we, when we do things without love, this is what we sound like. Because if I have no love, I'm missing the complete point of it all. That it's all about love. It's always been about love. What did Jesus do when he came down? He hung out with the lepers, with the prostitutes, with the tax collectors, with the outcasts. That's where the God, that's where the God of the universe was. With the people that others pointed fingers at, that's where Jesus said, these are my people right here. Because it's all about love. And when we come here, now I'm talking to myself, guys, because we're in this together. But when we come here and we have bitterness or we have, uh, you know, some kind of, you know, anger built up inside of us, there's something fundamentally off. Because for us as the lives in, of Christians, we have to remember that it's always been and always will be about love what more can we ask when we look at the story of Jesus coming down to this earth we see a savior starting off in such a lowly place but why does he do it for love if you're married and your wife asks you to do something that you really really don't want to do you're tired you're stressed out but you're still going to do it why do you do it because of love if there's someone that you see on the street and they actually really need something and you have the capability to actually help them, you should do it. And why? Because of love. Because what Jesus said, I've loved. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to give it back.